The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast. It is Friday, July 21st. Everyone's in action. 15-game slate. Brendan Glasheen joined by Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham on this Friday morning. Uh, Payoff pitch comes your way Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the baseball season. Second half is well underway. We'll have some consistency here with the program for the remainder of the season. If you have not done so already, we haven't been really doing this. This is more so on me. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We had the all-star break, and now that we're back in full swing, you want your baseball content, we'll give it to you, but please leave us a a five-star rating if you don't mind, and comments, questions, concerns about the podcast. So with that being said, let's dive right in. I don't have much more to add after that. Shohei Otani, there's no news to report. If something does break, though, we will get to it. Full slate, Debundo, where might we be looking for a best bet? You have a lot of pitch. You said this to me before we hit record. There's a lot of pitchers on the mound today that that you're fans of. Near and dear to my heart, really. And uh, Kyle Cobb Radish is one of them. Uh, If you follow us in the app. Uh, his BJ is giving me the L if you're not listening to this because he's anti. Uh, but look, Watching on our been, YouTube stream, there, there you go. Good visual. Bradish is, uh, you know, he cashed our, our over alternate strikeout props ladder on Sunday uh, against the Marlins. And it's really been an ongoing consistency trend for him where he's been uh, one of the better pitchers in all of baseball in the last month and a half. And there's a few things that have kind of led to that First is his stuff plus his slider and his curveball are both excellent breaking balls. The slider, especially 169 stuff plus on the slider, one of the best in the entire sport. Uh, and he's always had the good secondaries. The problem for him has been the fastball in the past because his fastball has traditionally gotten crushed. And that's why he's given up homers and, and struggled uh, to get ahead in counts and use the, the excellent breaking pitches, but he's improved uh, both the command and the stuff on that fastball. Uh, to the point now where he's, uh, you know, right around slightly below league average with the fastball. Now, all of that 
uh, gives me some optimism for him uh, in terms of what his ceiling is as a pitcher. Uh, the bat projections really don't like uh, Bradish for the rest of the season, but I am a fan uh, and I've consistently been a fan, like I said, allowing a 576 slug on the fastball, but the slider uh, is dominant. The curveball, excellent. Uh, allowing a 267 slug on the slider and a 159 slug uh, on the curveball. So, you know, we love the stuff going up against a raised lineup that quite frankly uh, has regressed back toward the projections. And mm -hmm. early in the season, the Rays would have been projected to be a slightly above league average offense. They had, they ran really hot for a couple months, started 30 and nine. Everybody was ooing and eyeing about Yandy Diaz and, and all these other breakouts that they had. But uh, you've kind of seen this offense come back down to earth and play to, you know, a slightly above league average offense, which is really what I think it is uh, on paper and going forward for the rest of the season. Uh, on the other side, you have Zach Eflin, who uh, has actually been unlucky in the sense that his defense, um, there's a stat outs above average on baseball savant. You can look at which pitchers have been benefited or hurt the most by their opposition defense. And I'm not talking just like errors because that wouldn't contribute toward ERA, but uh, just getting to balls in the gaps and uh, making plays, uh, you know, on tricky, tricky plays that maybe not wouldn't go as an error. Uh, Eflin's actually in the bottom 10 amongst MLB starters which has kind of been a problem for him in the past uh, in Philadelphia and, and whatnot. But uh, even despite that, having the best season of underlying metrics of his career, uh, the strikeout rate uh, has jumped to above league average for the first time. He's always been elite with his command, lowest XERA of his career. Uh, I buy everything about this profile from Eflin, uh, and I love both of these uh, pitchers. So I'm going to take the under. I also played some, some Bradish over five and a half strikeouts. I think the market's just a little bit behind on him. I know he's only striking out about a batter per inning less than that this season. Uh, but with the increase in stuff and the improved fastball, uh, it just gives him a higher upside for strikeouts. I think he can project over a strikeout per inning uh, and thus at five and a half minus one Oh eight is out there. I like the over on him for strikeouts. So under eight, Minus one ten for the total in the game, and then uh, I think we're gonna get a pitcher's duel. I like Bradish over five and a half strikeouts. Uh, minus one oh eight is out there. Okay, two best bets in the same game. Orioles, the first place Orioles. May I add, they're a game ahead. That double play last night was electric for them to close out the game, and they are still facing each other at the Trop. And for Bradish, Orioles have won four of his last five starts. And to your point about the total. Bundo, I know you feel good about how these pitchers have trended. Uh, these are two of the better over teams. As you said, though, there's some been regression with the Tampa Bay Rays lineup and the Orioles, as we know, have been surging. BJ Cunningham, a best bet for us, please. Where might you be turning to? I'm going to turn to Cincinnati. Diamondbacks and Reds, like over 10 and a half runs at minus 110. Tommy Henry will be on the mound for the Diamondbacks. He is a soft tossing lefty, a pitch to contact type pitcher. You know, his K per nine rate is sitting at 6.4. That's one of the lowest among starting uh, qualified starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. But his command really hasn't been that great. You know, if you look at his walk per nine rate, that's up at 3.4, which is really not that good. And that's not really an ideal combination to go up against this Reds lineup that does strike out at a pretty high rate against left-handers, but also hits the ball incredibly hard, being 11th in weighted on base average against lefties. Like I mentioned, Henry, you know, his fastball only average is 91 miles per hour, and he's throwing that close to 50% of the time. Well, opposing hitters have a 405 expected weighted on base average against it, and the stuff plus on that pitch is just 72. Now, he's in the 90th percentile uh, and above for average exit velocity allowed, but his barrel rate allowed is in the 45th percentile. So he's, you know, when guys hit him, they're not hitting him that hard, but he's kind of struggling to keep the ball off the opponent's barrel. 
And the Reds this season against left-handed fastballs that are 92 miles per hour or slower, they have a 579 slugging percentage and a 403 weighted on base average. So they just absolutely obliterate soft-tossing lefties. Ben Lively is going to be on the mound for the Reds. He's a decent negative regression candidate, 3.7 ERA, but his expected ERA is up at 4.78. He's someone who's been bouncing between the minors, the majors. He's even spent some time over in the KBO and you know, his XFIP for his career in the majors is 5.09. And so he's kind of around just where he is, which is a below average starting pitcher. He offers a fastball sinker slider combination that he throws around 80% of the time. His fastball is getting shelled, but his slider and sinker both have an expected weighted on base average allowed under 300. But the stuff plus on his fastball and his sinker is both below 90 and his stuff plus overall is only 81. So it's pretty evident that he is just a below average major league starting pitcher. That is a back end rotation type of guy. And the Diamondbacks, not only are they a top 10 offense against right-handed pitching, but more specifically against right-handed fastball sinkers and sliders, which are Lively's three main pitches. They have a 354 weighted on base average and a plus 44 run value. So I have 12 point run, 12.1 runs projected for this game. You know, obviously since uh, Cincinnati is one of the best ballparks uh, in terms of a hit, good hitting environment, the wind's going to be blowing out around six to seven miles an hour right through that little pocket uh, in the left side of the stadium. So could see some balls get in the air against these two below average starting pitchers. So like over 10 and a half runs at minus 110. Highest There's total really, on the slate today. There's mm-hmm. really not a huge difference in the park factor between cores and great American. Right. Yep, And it's kind of people would think, oh, course, course is so different. But uh, Great American has been playing ridiculously big, uh, small this mm-hmm. year, uh, even smaller than usual. Uh, home run park factor number one in the league. The Reds are interesting now because they have so much depth in their lineup that they have the opportunity to platoon more. So mm-hmm. that makes them a little bit more versatile. They do still project better against righties, uh, but they can stack some some right-handed bats in that lineup, uh, You know, like a Nick Senzel, who maybe doesn't play against le- uh, right-handed starters, but will face against the lefties. So they have a few guys that they can kind of mix and match to you know create better platoons, get you know India in there uh, and, and Spencer Steer. So uh, they're interesting. Um, I just want to mention Ellie de la Cruz, since I'm anti-Ellie and I've, I've kind of mm-hmm. uh, taken this undertaker uh, approach with him. Uh, anybody want to guess how many hits he has in 30 plate appearances since the all-star break? 16. Three. Two. Oh, close. Two, two for two for 28 with 12 strikeouts, two singles since the all-star break. And he is, uh, down to a 763 OPS, which I think I'm going to pull it up as we speak. I think that's league average at Cincinnati. Uh, so yeah, the Ellie de la Cruz regression has hit and, uh, think everybody needed to kind of pump the brakes on the rookie of the year stuff and whatnot. Yeah. He's actually 99 WRC plus now. So Ellie de la Cruz, a below average hitter uh, and been a below average fielder by outs above average as well. So Fair. I think people, you know, the highlights are cool, but let's, uh, mm. let's pump the brakes on the other, another W for Debundo. Well, I'm not taking my victory lap yet. He's going to be <laughs> great. He's going to be great in a couple of years, but people need to uh, mm-hmm. cool their jets. Ellie de la ground out. Some are calling him. Oh, not me though. So you don't see any value in seeing a turnaround and diving in on De La Cruz at plus 450 to win rookie of the year? Or To be, like, to be honest, I'm, I'm disappointed that I haven't been fading him day to day more because I think that, you know, when you have a, a person that's that hyped and that popular on social media and in the betting space and everybody yep. gets excited, uh, it actually creates value against him in this state, in this case. And uh, you could have made a lot of money betting under one and a half bases on him the last month. He had the, you know, he has the occasional game where it's like he's four for four. He hit for the cycle, but day to day, he hasn't been very good. Okay. 
Uh, Reds have been a, a good over team for the majority of the season. They are the fourth highest clip to the over this year. They have been on the side of the under, though, in eight of their last nine. So uh, but this seems to trend well against Arizona. Uh, good team on the base paths, too, to, to get to that 10 and a half, to get over 10 and a half runs. Let's move on to find out if we're going to fade the public. The game we are targeting today, Minnesota Twins, led by Joe Ryan on the mound. They take on the Chicago White Sox. White Sox were kind to us last weekend with some of their performance against the Atlanta Braves. 81% of the bets, 76% of the cash coming in on Joe Ryan and the Twins. I think it's about Joe Ryan, not just the Twins as a whole. Joe Ryan does carry a lot of that weight. Public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? Gents, how would we like to approach this game? Do we want to take a side and go to Chicago and fade the Twins? Or is there a, is there a way to possibly back Joe Ryan today, DeBundo? How's that Cy Young ticket looking? Uh, yeah, you well, wanted me to do this, so I'm doing it. Well, I, I gave him permission. Uh, yeah, Joe's, Joe's done uh, in terms of Cy Young. I think that um, you know the home run problem has kind of returned for Ryan. And so that's been one of the major issues for him in the uh in the last month or so and the stuff is down i mean he's lost ride on the fastball he's lost drop on the splitter uh and so as a result he's just a lot more hittable he went from being a guy with three like very very good pitches to a guy with you know one and a half very good pitches uh depending on how you count that fastball and that splitter uh and he's really paid the price for it so i, I do have some concerns about ryan but i'm buying all of the buy signals on lance lynn one of the more fascinating profiles that you're going to really see um for a pitcher somebody who has a career high strikeout rate. Uh, you know, we talked about Lynn coming into the year, you know, he lost some stuff off the fastball and we were like, okay, what does, what does that mean? Uh, well now his strikeout rate is 27.7%, which is a career high. And his uh, swinging strike rate is also at a career high over 14%. His zone contact rate, which is a percentage of, you know, how much when people swing on pitches in the zone, are they missing? Also a career high top five in all of baseball. And yet, uh, he's paired all of that with a career high 6.07 ERA, which is uh, quite frankly amazing and really hard to do uh, because his projections, uh, his XERA is down at 4.6. And I'd argue he's actually been better than that. You know, if you look at, you know, what's more predictive in the course of a small season, like one season, strikeout minus walk rate or like barrel rate allowed, uh, I would take the strikeout minus walk rate 10 times out of 10. So the fact that his career barrel rate is, you know, 5.9 and now he's allowing, you know, 10.6 this season, you know, it's not quite double, but it's, you know, 80% uh, of, of double. That's a remarkable increase that I really don't think will last. Uh, and I think as, you know, he continues to strike out this many hitters, uh, I'm much more believing of that lasting. So I do like Lynn a lot here. I'm a little more skeptical of Ryan, but again, enough that uh, I will play the under eight and a half in this game. I think it's about a half run too high. Uh, White Sox in their worst offensive split against the righty, still very, very much pertinent. Uh, and that could help Ryan maybe bounce back here. But again, I'm, I am a little concerned about Ryan and, and definitely not laying the juice. If I had to play a side, I would play the White Sox, but I, I did bet the under eight and a half. Would you play it at eight? Totals at eight at BetMGM. I would shop around and try to find the eight and a half if it's out there. If it's eight, I would probably pass on it. Okay. BJ. White Sox are plus 130 on the money line with Lance Lynn pitching and with Joe Ryan pitching at home, minus 155 favorites. Are you with the people, or is there a different way you'd like to approach this? Yeah, I've already bet the Twins' first five. Um, best price you can find out there right now is minus 145. I 
I get the concerns are are somewhat real for for Joe Ryan, but you know, Anthony kind of mentioned you know the splits are really in favor here of the Twins, who are much better against righties than they are against lefties, and the White Sox are really really bad against right-handed pitching. So, uh, you know, I had Ryan. If you know, if you're you know, obviously over the last few starts he's been bad, but you know, I have him projected at minus one seventy nine for the first five innings. So I think it's a decent price, and you know, Lynn. Like I get it, he's a positive regression candidate, and his profile is is interesting. But he's still a four seven xera pitcher, so uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, yes, he's trending maybe in the right direction, but the expected metrics still have him as a below average starting pitcher. So I do like the Twins for the first five uh, at minus one forty five. Yeah, I don't want to make it seem like I think Joe Ryan's just like bad now, but uh, he you know stuff plus last thirty days league average. Still going to be pretty good. He has good command, excellent command. Uh, still striking guys out at a decent clip. So, like, I don't think Ryan's like going to fall off a cliff. I just think like the, the for, for me, like putting him up in that top tier, which is why I was like, this guy is pitching at a level he could win Cy Young. Mm-hmm. He's just like falling out of that tier now for me to the point where uh, I, I can't bet him here. But yeah, I, I do like the under. And I'm seeing you, it's eight everywhere now, so I would I would pass at eight. Are you betting any uh, Lance Lynn alternate strikeout totals today? I have not looked at his prop yet, but I'm imagining given the matchup against Minnesota that it's already very high. Anybody can just pull up the strikeout rate of the twins and just bet against their team to strike out. So uh, I have not looked at it yet, but seven and a half. And the overs will have to go uh, in more overs plus one twelve, unders juice to minus one forty two. I will plug the discord. I will do some work on that and and get into our action network discord, which you're uh, able to join now for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, DM me if you want a link to join that. Uh, but yeah, we'll be discussing K props. I know Sean Kerner is in there. There's a daily strikeout leader prop that he will be projecting out today. So we've been having some fun yeah. with the discord and it's fun to live sweat games uh, when, you know, Kerner's got a, a, a K prop and you're like going through the lineup permutations and you're like, okay, we're here, we're here in the lineup. Oh, we got, you know, this guy to strike out and, uh, and, and Kerner is the best. So uh, I'll have some thoughts on the props once we get more time to go through them later. Discord debundo. DD. (laughs) I just came up with that. Kind of proud of it. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidence help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact 
Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Let's find out who we like for underdogs for today. Where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? Debundo, you're on the freaking Blue Jays. And no, it's not Alec Manoa pitching. It feels worse <laughs> at times. You say Kikuchi is on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. And Seattle is sending Miller to the mound. Is that right? Miller's on the mound yeah, for uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. tell me why you're backing you say Kikuchi, please. You know, I think we've given him a bad rep on this show. I think, uh, you know, there He's are some. He's kind of deserved it a lot of the time. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, that, that's definitely true. We've definitely made, we've definitely come out ahead, uh, especially Zerillo. I feel like he's faded him every start for three years. Uh, we've definitely come out ahead. I think there's a reason, though, that the Blue Jays have consistently given this guy an opportunity to be in their starting rotation, even though at times he's it's it's looked really ugly. And it's because the stuff has always been good. And they know that if he could ever figure out the command, he could be a good major league starter. And I think there are signs that that has happened this year. Uh, first pitch strike rate, up this year relative to last year zone rate up this year relative to last year uh 43.1% still below league average but better uh and you know he's changed the pitch mix a little bit here to try to improve uh his command and and it's kind of worked so you know he's dropped off this cutter and hasn't really been using it and he really couldn't command it uh and he's as a result you know been throwing more curveballs and he's been he's been commanding that better so career low walk rate pitching from ahead more often, trusting his stuff, you know, not aiming as much and just kind of throwing in the middle of the plate and letting his stuff do the movement. Is he still getting barreled sometimes? Yes, for sure. But uh, the Blue Jays have a much better offense here. And the one thing I love about the Blue Jays offense, which has been consistently true for years, they hunt and crush fastballs. They're one of the better fastball hitting teams in the league. And that's pretty much all Bryce Miller has. Miller's uh, repertoire is pretty limited. Uh, his fastball has lost juice in the last month. He's he's lost a couple ticks off of that fastball. The stuff plus is down. I think Miller's a bit of a vulnerable pitcher. So with the better offense here, even though Seattle has the bullpen advantage, I do like Kikuchi and the Jays at a dog price here. And the Seattle, to your point, the Seattle offense has struggled. Uh, coming, coming oh, Kalanick now too, who broke his foot uh, after he struck out. They crawled up Cade Marlowe, uh, which in a sign of, 
kind of the desperation of, of their situation. He has an 86 WRC plus in AAA, got the call up and started in left field last night. So they don't have a ton of organizational depth from hitting perspective. They've pitchers for years, but uh, no, no real depth there. And as Kalanick, you know, he's been up and down, but he, you know, 112 WRC plus this year. He, like he was a good hitter for the Mariners. So uh, losing him, huge loss to that lineup. BJ, like we talked about, Bryce Miller also fits what kind of candidate? Stuff plus candidate. Stuff plus candidate. That's right. Mm-hmm. Great triple A stuff plus numbers. He AAA. did. Mm-hmm. And he, look, his stuff, like his fastball was excellent when he came up at first, but he has lost a couple ticks. I think he's, uh, you know, getting a lot more usage than he's used to. And then, you know, just not having that great secondaries uh, developed comfortably yet has really kind of hurt him a little bit. I mean, he's, I think he's going to be good long term, but I'm, I'm not really buying him now at this number. Yeah, we're just messing with you, Debundo, because you. I know, I know. Bj, Bj doesn't like I, stuff. Plus I and... am, I am Debundo's number one troll, Brendan. So yeah, I appreciate. Shut up, Debundo, for a second, and then he mentioned, "Watch Debundo bring up the stuff." Plus the whole yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Underdog for you today, Bj. You like Kansas uh, City yeah. visiting the Yankees? Yep. KC is down to plus one seventy. I know you had a better, you had a number that you yeah. probably like more. It's come down. Why That's are okay. you backing the Royals today? I mean, should Clark Schmidt and the Yankees offense, given their current state, really be a minus 200 favorite? I, I, I get it. The Royals are the worst offense and team in Major League Baseball right now. But Schmidt, he's a very average MLB starting pitcher. I mean, 4.17 expected ERA, 40th percentile below, and average exit velocity allowed and barrel rate allowed. And, you know, this is pitch combination is very interesting because if you look, it's a sweeper, cutter, sinker, and changeup. And if you look at the expected weighted on base average allowed, on those four pitches, it's actually been pretty decent. But then when you dig into good old stuff, plus Brendan, only one of those pitches, a sweeper, has a rating over 100. Yeah. So the stuff isn't really that great. And it's, it seems like he's not really getting away with it, but his expected metrics are telling him that he's just an average major league starting pitcher. And I know it's been like beaten to death, but the, the Yankees, since Aaron Judge got hurt at the beginning of June, our bottom five and slugging percentage, weighted on base average, and every metric you allowed, they've had scored the second least runs to only the Royals, and they've literally scored three runs more than them over that whole time period. Alec Marsh is going to be on the mound for the Royals. He's been bad in a, a three-start sample size, but you know if you dig into his, uh, you know his prospect uh, description and all of his uh, how he let, got here to the majors. It's kind of interesting because, you know, after, you know, the pandemic season, he really jumped on his velocity on his fastball. And, you know, when he, early on in the minors, he was hitting triple digits. And then he kind of went back to, you know, the mid nineties and his fastball doesn't have much movement. So it got kind of exposed. So he's been working and trying to utilize his changeup and his slider more early in the count, which, you know, scouts have graded both those pitches as above average pitches. And it kind of helps him hide his below average fastball and you know he's he's working out those kinks and he is somewhat of an, a, a decent starting pitcher coming up through the minors so you know i mean it's very hard to get behind this royals offense right now which is really really bad um but guess what over the last two weeks they've put up better offensive numbers than the yankees so given where the yankees offense is right now given the fact that clark schmidt you know who had a lot of prospects coming into the season has been very very average I don't think that the Yankees should be this high of a price. I have the Yankees only projected at minus 148. So I like the Royals at probably minus, you know, it's down to plus 170. I I got it at plus 185. So I'd say 
170 is probably that close to that cutoff. You know, I'd like probably 175 a lot better, but either way, I do like the Royals tonight. Okay. For all, hey, for all the reasons why you're not into the the Royals offense, you can say the same thing about the Yankees. Exactly. Offensively. Tabundo, yeah. you got a thought? Yeah, Clark Schmidt, uh, a guy I, I generally like, but can't get lefties out. Still true, been a true all year. And and BJ mentioned it. I mean, this the sweeper's his best pitch. It's his only really like dominant pitch. Uh, and that is a split heavy pitch. You just you, if you're a righty and you're relying on the sweeper to get lefties out, not gonna be very good. And this season he has a 867 OPS allowed against lefties compared to uh, 681 against righties. So that split gap is huge. And uh I have to think about who what Royals lefty I want to back in like a home run prop or something. Because mm. uh, he is certainly vulnerable. You each have a couple more. I may have buried the lead. It's a Friday. There's a Cubs game. They're home and they're playing at 2:20 Eastern time this afternoon. It's on Apple TV too. So national audience at Wrigley Field today. They welcome in the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a great old school rivalry matchup. You both have a play on this game. DeBundo, if you follow him, he really plays this all the time. He's going to play the Cubs run line. BJ's got a different angle, but let's let's touch on this game quickly and then I know you each have one more bet to get in. Debundo, you can go first. Cubs going, uh, it's Jack Flaherty on the mound for St. Louis, Justin Steele for Chicago. Yeah, so it's important to know that this is not an official system play on the Cubs point five uh, because there are a few conditions. They have to be at home on Friday at 220. Uh, the wind has to be blowing out and it needs to be warm. We have all of those conditions except for the wind, which is blowing in like five to seven miles an hour today. So not an official Cubs point five play. There have been other games back in like April and May where I was not betting it because it was cold or the weather wasn't right. It's one of my few baseball systems. We are two and zero on the official system plays this year, uh, including a, a beatdown of Cal Quantrill a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. But I do like the Cubs and I'm going to bet the point, the point five anyway, uh, you know, we've beat Justin Steele to death on this show and talked about how great he is and, and the seam shifted weight King that he is and how much he induces weak contact and beats his projections. He had a weird start against Boston where the defense kind of let him down a little bit, a couple of errors. And then Yoshida hit that grand slam. Uh, so, and, and there was a lot of bloops. Like it was a lot of, you know, that's the kind of thing that can happen to a pitcher when you uh, allow more contact than sh- instead of strikeouts and you have one of those starts, but I don't really downgrade steel at all off that i still consider him to be an excellent pitcher uh, and the cubs lineup is generally uh, pretty patient and so you know flaherty has his command has improved but he still is capable of the blow up with the walks and the, and the issues there so uh, i do like the cubs minus 1.5 plus 160 pretty juicy uh, but again not an official system play but one i am going to play this afternoon just because uh, i love justin Steele so much riding that fence pretty hard huh well no no i'm i am <laughs> betting the game i'm just saying that if you know, the system is the system. Mm. Yeah, he's, 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 that's exactly My it. system he's, is not triggered, but I'm still betting it. So the the record to the system will not be affected, but to Bundo's overall record and his um, my, my bank reputation will be, will be the winner, winner or loss of this bet, yes. Yes, that that's fair. Which is really the bottom line and all that matters. I, basically it's what he's like, saying is I bet betting it, it or but not? it shouldn't count against my record. No, no, no. It doesn't count. The system the record. System. There's a different system. thing. Yeah, system BJ, He's putting you know, the system I know you're not ahead much of himself. Systems guy. I only have two systems. I was explaining <laughs> this pre-show. I got the Cubs point five system. I got the Phillies win system, and everything else. Uh, you know, I, I'm not much of a trends guy. Um, so, those are my systems. Right. Let's That's pause the system. system way too many times. System, system, system. BJ, why are you going to play first five? Justin Steele, bounce back spot. Yeah, I mean, this is a. I mean, I believe the Cubs have a significant starting pitching edge. I mean, Jack Flaherty 
I mean, he is what he is at this point. He's never going to be what he was in 2019. His control sucks. He's got a 4.65 walk per nine rate, which is expected area is now up around uh, five. And then if you dig into the stuff plus, he's 93. Like that's just, he's a below average starting pitcher now. So Justin Steele, who I think a couple of weeks ago I gave out as a Cy Young candidate and then he had two terrible starts. So good on me on that one. Um, he, you know, Again, like Anthony said, he's so good at inducing weak contact. So I think it's a, a really a big edge here for the Cubs, especially being at home. Uh, so I like them for the first five innings. Okay, quickly, before we go, 15 seconds each on this so we can get the heck out of here. DeBundo, you like the Brewers total today. And then BJ has a small underdog he'd like to play. DeBundo, why are the Brewers in a good spot to maybe score some runs today and i have a one more for the road yeah a ton of bullpen usage for atlanta the last couple of days uh they played that wild game in arizona with arizona a couple of days ago and and they've used their bullpen a ton i think mike soroka is pretty much done unless he finds this stuff uh strikeout rates uh hard contact rates all really concerning xera over five got away with it against cleveland but like mm, real concerned about him so um milwaukee team total don't love uh milwaukee's pitching situation with peralta either but i like the team total isolating soroka fading him Okay, that game's on ESPN Plus this evening. And BJ, who's the short dog you like before we go? Uh, yeah, I like the Guardians plus 105 against Anthony's Phillies. You know, Gavin Williams is somebody who had great stuff plus and AAA numbers coming up to the majors. He's been average through his first few starts. He's going against Ranger Suarez, who, you know, the Guardians are, you know, they, I mean, this was evident last year, but they have one of the lowest strikeout rates in Major League Baseball. So they're very, very difficult to get out. Uh, and for Ranger Suarez, who's a 3-3 walk per nine rate pitcher, uh, I think the Guardians could get after him. So I think it's a decent price on Gavin Williams, who projects to be uh, fairly good uh, for the Guardians going forward. And that game's in Cleveland, so we don't need wind analysis mm-hmm. from DeBundo. Exactly. It's big park. Gentlemen, great work. DeBundo, BJ, can find him in the Action Network app. Our other baseball analysts are in there as well. If there was a game we didn't touch on with these big slates, we can't promise we hit on every game. We want to bet. We want to talk about the stuff that these guys want to the bet on so anything else that you might need go to the action app and find uh write-ups analysis and other items for both of these guys brendan glasheen signing off payoff pitch presented by betmgm we are back on monday please leave a subscription and that five-star rating and we will talk to you again next week have a great weekend look at this crowd on its feet what a tribute no one wants to leave Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.